You're listening to the Arturnia Archives. Enjoy. All right, hey everybody, welcome to uh, a bonus episode, for lack of a better phrase. I'm Aaron. I am the game master. Although in this case, I'll be teaching y'all how to run your own one-on-one RPG session. And with me is the star of the show, Michael. How's it going, everyone? Yes, uh, Michael. Um, but no, the real star here is Aaron because he's going to show us today how he kind of made all this magic. So this is going to be a little bit more freeform <laughs> than the last one. Um, what I've got up on the display now, uh, what I have is is basically the what I was seeing as I would run the game. And so what you can see is it's got this really nice uh, workflow, then, and that's how they organize their missions. I think that's a really fantastic way to do it because let's start with the first scene. Uh, so we, we, we start and we find that uh, Michael's character, Aaron, waking up in a hospital with a gunshot wound, still recovering, and, and there's a nurse that comes in and first introduces him, us to where he's at, his, his information, um, and the fact that he has a backpack in the side table. The name of that scene is Fade In. So I know as a GM, like, all right, from Fade In, I have two outs. I can go to backtracing, which is sort of a flashback, or I can go to a phone call where his cell phone rings. And so that gives me two avenues to move the scene forward. Which is really useful because half the time I'm not I'm not sure where Michael is going to go with this, and so I want to be able to put that together. So I'm going to flip over <laughs> to the book. In the book, it's got some backstory. So I I could have gotten a phone call in that scene. Yeah, but you did the oh, wow. you did the other path, which was you were going to go um, look at the phone, take a look at it, go check in your bag, that all that stuff. Uh, so it's just in case the player decides. I'm just going to wait for the doctor. Like, it's a gunshot wound. I'll deal with the gunshot wound instead to gather information. Okay. okay. It does need red strings on that diagram, Chris. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm going to scroll down a little bit to... This is the cast. So basically, the first three pages of the mission lay out the, the casting crew, lays out the connections, it lays out the, the workflow that you saw earlier, and it lays out the, the backstory. In this case, Aaron Khan. Uh, used to work as a high-level thug for one of the vampires uh, and has broken free. So fade in. So here's what I was seeing. Uh, it gives me a scene type. Scene types being like, are these major scenes or are these sub-scenes? And sub-scenes are ones that are uh, you may not need to run, um, and we'll talk about that in a bit. And so if you had forensic pathology, but uh, Leela Khan doesn't, um, you would be able to get other information. In this case, it called it out. It let me know. So it was really easy for me to go like, ah, bolded, forensic pathology. Nope, doesn't have it. All right, moving on. So the first thing it tells me to do is to give the player problem number one beaten up. I don't know. Is that even <laughs> viewable? Or is it too? There we go. It's a little small for me because um, I'm looking at the chat. Oh, wait, can you zoom in? Yeah. Is that something you're doing? Yeah, I just zoomed in. Um, so Okay, okay. Initially, Perfect. we're going to give you a problem, that first problem. So I'm going to flip back to the other screen and show problem number one. And so I've taken all these. And normally, this if you're if you're running these at home, um, you can print these cards out and cut them out, which I did for one of the other games I did. And so now I have these cards that I could hand to the player, which is what I was doing with Roll20. And so if you look down the right-hand side of my screen, there are a lot of problems. 
a lot of problems that Michael could have had. Um, I also have edges. These are the things that you can yeah, I'm here. I'm here. do really well. And then contact. So uh, I basically went through ahead of time. I spent about five hours building this roll 20 setup so that we could have a nice smooth stream. And I think it went smoothly. Wow. Now, yeah. of the 49 problems that I put in, I thought so. you encountered five of them. <laughs> but I could never figure out what five you were going to go after. So, you said 49? 49 problems are available to me. Holy shit. That, that was what I was thinking when I was copying and what pasting. The, how do you. Here's bleeding how do you out. Even remember. <laughs> uh, because they're labeled. So, one of the really nice oh things. Oh, God, man. Uh, let's let's make problem twenty go away. Uh, so, problem one. It it specifically said in the in the book, give player problem number one, and so I knew exactly which one to give you. So things that it told me okay. that I needed to know for you was you would notice that your shirt has been recently resewn and it's missing some teeth. Um, that the clothes are all new but scuffed, and that they're all in your size even though the pockets are empty. You know that your phone is a burner okay. phone because you have tradecraft. No numbers, no text messages. Right. The phone is locked. But you, if you, hopefully you remember that you knew the, the code right away, so you were able to unlock it. And there is a single mm-hmm. electronic note in there that allows me to give you the edge number one, which is the church. So it just walked me through as a GM, like what I could tell you, what I couldn't tell you, and what cards they give you. Okay. And so and so like this the book it it there's 49 problems um to give out. Does the book say like give you situations in which all 49 problems can be dished out? Yes. Okay. So okay. if you wanted to build your own and well, it's actually uh building your own is pretty easy cuz there's some generic problems like oh you've been shot, right? Like a lot of them are beaten up, shot, bleeding out, uh roadkill. Uh, those are pretty st- stock standard and you'll have to create specific problems of like, oh, well this one like contact. So let's say nurse Halmy. Nurse Halmy has been captured. Let's say she's right. become, like, that might be something very specific or, um, what was the name of, was it Emily was the name of the Shakespeare girl? Is that what I said? Shakespeare girl. Yeah. Emily. Oh, Emily, Emily has mm-hmm. been trapped by the bad guys. Like that could have been a problem that you had encountered if you had failed your attack on the sniper but that's not a problem in the book i would have to create that one (laughs) and so one of the things we talked about was pushes so you start the game with three pushes you're able to use pushes to to use some of your investigative abilities and one of them is bullshit detector and so in in this case when you meet helmy she'll tell you her name it's on her name bag too and she's gonna guess that dr vertag We'll check on your status um, and, and also call the police. Um, and if you do your bullshit detector, you confirm that the, the nurse is telling the truth. And so it, it basically tells me here that, hey, if you want to spend a push, you can determine if she's telling the truth or not. So super useful, super easy okay. to just scan through and, and go. It is a lot of uh, it is a lot of prep, prep Farthy, but for the most part, like, thank goodness it's written for me, right? I didn't have to write this. But you could if you wanted. It's it's actually not too bad to build that workflow and build your scenes. Uh, at some point, if you're dawdling, basically it says, I should just give you the problem a dark call, which is you start feeling this 
dark presence of the vampire looming over you. And so you, it's, <laughs> so you already start the game. You've got a problem, and then you get an edge, and then you get another problem. Right. <laughs> so here's Helmy. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I don't think I bullshit detected um, the nurse. Is it nurse Helmy? Yeah. Yeah. You had instead decided. Uh, yeah, that, I think I just believed her. Yeah, you believed her, uh, but you uh, and I didn't really push it either. Uh, that was the other bit. I did push it with the doctor. Right. That was one that you probably should know. So, here's an example of a challenge. So, Helmy comes in, um, and you suddenly have a flashback while she's in the room. So she's busy like changing the sheets or or, or doing some of the, the the work within the hospital room. And suddenly you are assailed by these memories and these things. You suddenly feel like the, the vampire is, is breathing down your neck. And at that point, I have you do a cool test. And so if I look here, it tells me what type of test it is. And then you roll me your two dice. So let's break this down a little bit. One of the things we talk about is stunts, right? You can get an extra die if you use a stunt. In this case, there are no stunts. And it actually is nice enough to tell me that. So no stunts for you. D. Juarez one says, "Fool, you never believe nurses." That's the first rule of espionage well, and superhero movies. What's funny is <laughs> is uh, Nurse Helmy can become a contact. So if you treat her well and you and you did right, like you you told her really? you, never, you never pointed the gun at her. You told her the truth the whole time. She thought you were you were a little crazy, but you you spent pushes to persuade her. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. she believed you. Um, Something didn't feel right about the doctor, and she believed you. So when the game so is over... Nurse Halmy could have become a contact to have helped me later. Yes. So if you needed medical help what? later on, like, and you did, one of the things you could have done is like, you know what, I, I remember <laughs> Nurse Halmy. Um, I'm going to try to get a hold of her and see if she's going to help me. Yeah, and Luke Cage, right, right Sarah? You always believe the nurse in, in Daredevil. So in this case, what you did is you ended up, uh, you rolled your dice. I will, If I remember right, you rolled like a two and a four, which put you at a six. Um, and I asked you, which meant that you would have right. been, you're beset by strange fragmented images of pain and darkness. You managed to write it out in flashback. But I asked you, did you want to take an extra problem in order to potentially do better? And you said yes. So I gave you that problem, which was we should sedate you. And so you start because <laughs> you started reacting violently to everything around you, like something wasn't quite right. Um, and you rolled really well, so you also got the edge. No turning back. Teslin says stuck longer. Teslin says she probably would have stuck with you longer than Shakespeare girl did. Oh yeah, Halmy would have. She might have. Nurse Nurse Halmy. Yeah. I did like Nurse Helmy. And there's nothing yeah, to say maybe that... I sh- Darn, maybe I should have just called her back up. Well, here's the thing, right? Like, if this was part part of an ongoing campaign, and by the way, these are written to be an ongoing. We only ran the first mission they gave me. In the in the book, I want to say there's five missions. In the base rule book. So if, if somebody wanted to buy this book today, you can have five missions to go run. Um, I want to say that you could uh, you can just do a networking role and call her up. That's That's how easy it is. Because you've met her, wow. and and I have a card for her actually that I would give to you. So, as an ongoing play, yeah, absolutely. Now, every wow. every one of the challenges has two thresholds. One is the bottom threshold, like you done screwed up, AA Ron. 
where you're going to gain an extra problem. Every time you, <laughs> if you don't make that bottom line, you're gaining an extra problem. And then there's the middle one, which is the story progresses forward, but you don't gain an edge and you don't gain a problem. Just get the digits. I mean, there's how he's great. as one. He just gets the digits. <laughs> Doesn't he have to spit game? <laughs> well, he does. Like he's a, he's a sexy uh, MI6 no. agent. Yeah, Aaron Aaron Khan is very sexy and very charming. He just he's a, he's a man of few words and actually no, he's not. I don't know. <laughs> he talks enough. <laughs> so, and it actually has here how you can recruit Helmy. And so you would be what? able to where? It was in my book. And so I'm listening for <laughs> you to do certain things. And if you do, then I start. So you did the thing like a reassurance and you tried to win her trust. So check mark number one. Uh, you exposed the treachery of Dr. Vertag, check mark number two. And then instead of protecting Halmy during the kill team, you ran off. Oh. Bow, bow. <laughs> Remember Ising, he's very charming and sexy, heart winking face. <laughs> I need you to calm down, rememberizing. <laughs> okay? There's there's a ring on this finger. I need you to take it easy. I could have protected Halmy, but I ran off. Yeah. <laughs> no! Well you were that's part of a role playing. Right? Protect her. right? Like you you kinda said like, hey, I yeah. maybe if I get out of there I'm not putting her at risk, or maybe if I get out of there quickly like it's easier for me but yeah so this is the basic of a flashback <laughs> or the basic of a, a challenge so there's challenges and tests uh test is just a really simple pass fail um challenges are right. ones that you can gain edge and you can gain problems so let's scan down a little bit further this is the phone call that you never got which is somebody tells you that they're after you um that mm -hmm. was just to get your butt moving but we didn't have to do that. You're you're already moving along on the story already. Now backtracing is where. Would you guys have saved Nurse Halmy? I don't I don't know what they would have done. I don't know what they would have done. Everyone's either. such a critic. What would you have done, huh? Um, I'm <laughs> I probably would have actually brought her with because I always she belongs to the streets. No, Chris. Bring, you, you always bring with folks, and because you're always going to be a little bit more protected if you can get a night's sleep and not have to worry about staying up half the night with, with a watch, right? Like, get more people in your party is a very D&D &D thing to do. You are acting crazy. You guys, you guys think... You, you think that you would have made friends, but you know what? If you were there, if you were there, you don't know what you would have done. He's so hurt... <laughs> <laughs> Listen! Dude, they're just trolling you, man. Alright, whatever. We'll keep going. <laughs> so, but we did get to the next scene, which was backtracing. So we could have either done the phone call or backtracing. And I can still also do the phone call after backtracing as well, because that's how the, the flowchart worked. Let's go back to the flowchart. Make the problem go away. I wish I could make my problems go Human away. Human shield Halmy. Holy shit. Off of fade in. use her as a shield. We can go to backtracing immediately, which is where we went, okay. and then do the phone call or backtracing and kill team, which I did backtracing and kill team. So flipping back to the book, what did backtracing look like? So, but, hey. uh, so well, if Doctor Vertag, if he would have sedated me, what what would have happened? Well, you would have gained uh, the an extra problem, right? Not necessarily does it stop the game. 
Um, likely what happens is he's going to sedate you. They're going to come and get you. So the kill team, which is Sinclair, will come pick you up. And the next thing you know is you're going to wake up because the sedation is going to wear off. And you're going to wake up in Sinclair's apartment. And what's worse is at that point you do a cool test to see if the effects of the rosewater flask has worn off or not. Oh my god. So it's not okay. game over, but you you either gain problems or you're gonna gain uh, sort of it moves it forward. I have endless dad jokes. Okay. Um <laughs> Alright. So Dr. Ferdeg, uh, he was a bad guy. He actually was. He worked for the vampires, even though he doesn't know they're vampires. So they, people would yeah. bring him victims and he would deal with the paperwork or he would supply them with victims. Like he was definitely not a good guy. Uh, and so he was, he told the vampires that he had captured you, not, not really captured, but that you had been wounded and had gone to the hospital. And so at that point, like he was like, well, I'll just keep you sedated until they come. But the sedation did wear off early. So he tries to, you know, sweet talk you, hmm. um, which you see through because you bullshit detected. And then we did a sense trouble challenge. And since you were up and moving because you were not. So if you were not up and moving, you'd been sedated, you would not have been able to use fighting. So if one of your stunts you could use was fighting. In this case, you were able to use that to help you because you weren't sedated. Yeah, I was... Well, I was like up and cha- I, I changed or maybe I didn't change. I think I already changed at that point. I was up on my feet. Yep. You're already up on your feet. And so here's another challenge. This one's a much simpler challenge um, where there is no extra problem. So kind of the other one didn't have any stunts. This one has no extra problems. And the stunts options were fighting or filch. And you chose to filch this to take the. No, You chose fighting, didn't you? I, I think I did. Which what is Filch again? Filch, uh, Filch is, is like to um, steal, just to take the pickpocket. Oh, I think I tried fighting him. Yeah. And so he tried to stab you. Oh, no, you, no, because I, I felt you snagged it out of. I his felched hand. him because because yeah. I, yeah. And so because uh, and then and you plugged him full of his own sedative, so he lunges at you. You could have gained the problem slammed. You could have been sedated, or you get to have time for answers or a syringe full of propofol based on how you did it honestly i i should have i should have kept the syringe and just beat him up yeah you could have you could have been so useful later well the big thing is is the thing you would have gained there that you didn't get based on how you played it uh was you didn't gain the information about where his office was you didn't get the information of where your passports were you didn't get the information where your gun was and you you had to then go find it which meant going and addressing right. Miss Halmy, convincing her even further um but that's when i had the car show up as well that sort of gave you the impetus of like i've got to mm-hmm. get the flock out of dodge was it when you were at the his office and so there's more tests right like and so the way they've organized she it, thought i was crazy you did think you were a little bit crazy <laughs> i've got it's, it's organized by scenes right <laughs> And it tells me the scene type. So this is a core. The kill team is a core team, uh, a core scene. I can't go to the next section of the mission unless I go through my core scene. It tells me how I got here. So either through the phone call or through uh, meeting with Dr. Vertag. And the way out is that cross-country escape where the vampire is on your tail. 
So those are your that mm. that really helps you sort of plan out when you're when you're, when you're telling the story as a GM. How did I get here? What's happening now? Where am I going next? Which is one of those key three things when you're running a game. And then at, within that scene, yeah. you can go like, okay, getting out of the hospital. The war is one. Was she wrong though? Definitely seems crazy to me. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if I, if you had been crazy, if you had been shot and you couldn't remember your past, and somebody comes at you with a needle, yeah, you're probably not going to react I, for a while. I felt like I felt like a cat, like at the vet. It's like, what's going on? So, uh, what we've got here is uh, so within the kill team, like you can try to get out of the hospital. Like, if you said, "Hey, I'm trying to get out of here," then it's an evasion roll. Roll down. If I decide to fight the the goon at the back door, that's a fighting roll. And that really cool artwork is, is part of the story, so it's always fun to, to tell these because I get to look at the artwork. Um, I did put some of the artwork in for for Michael to see. So here's an example of one where I have both an extra problem. So you can take the extra problem bruise to get an extra die. Or you can do a stunt of athletics, mechanics, or infiltration. Uh, to get an extra die. Lots of options. makes it really easy to run. Uh, if you wanted to steal a car, this is the steal car test. So, again, like these are things that uh, Aaron ended up doing. Oh, First, wow. he escaped out the back. Then he dealt with a thug, and he stole a car. All ready for you to run, all ready for you to go. Yeah, I did just that. So, there are two th- two mechanics that we really have to story. Talk. It's just predicting everything I'm doing. It's like you're going to... Well, at some level, me, you as the GM, right? Like, if you were to run this, you look at the scene, and there's only a couple ways out of a scene, right? So it's a little bit like a choose-your-own-adventure. So there are two things that yeah. I didn't really talk about. One is heat, and one is uh, shadow. Okay. Um, so when you start gaining problems, uh, some of those problems are considered heat, so the police are after you, and some of those are considered shadow, where the vampires are after you. They've become more aware of you as an agent. And so let's go find, I want to say on Dark Wings, is a shadow problem. So that will come up on screen in a bit. And so in this case, uh, this is one that you actually had received, where you were driving through the cross-country scene, and the vampire is chasing you. So you had failed enough to this problem, where there's a dark thing circling in the sky. And what that means is that... Uh, it impacts you negatively. You start getting a minus one for any cool test because cool test is how well you're able to stay calm. And anytime there's vampires on your tail, a lot harder to stay calm. And so how does that impact me as a GM? It is really nice enough just to tell me. In this case, it's the I've got a bad feeling about this challenge, uh, which is a sense trouble challenge. And you have a minus one for every card that has a shadow problem on it. So, this makes it easy. It's it's really easy to run. I think I picked up a shadow problem or two. I don't think I picked up any heat though. Correct. Uh, luckily for I you, picked you, up heat. Um, we picked up one heat card, but you were able to drop it almost immediately. Places to get it is the church. The church had oh, really? a okay. high chance of getting heat. And then there's a uh, the drive, uh, the escape when you jumped out of that oh. car. If you hadn't done as well on the roll on the jumping out of the car, then you would have gained heat as well. Uh, but you took bruises in order to do it well. So that's that's pretty much what it takes to run the game, right? Like, yeah. uh, it, 
it kind of rolls through. Like here's Gregor, who is the guy who ran the the farmhouse, and it's got all this information about Peter, his son, and Peter's friends using the farm for illegal activity. And then Peter's suddenly not coming to the farm anymore. Right? Like it, it, it walked me through like him having coffee with you that morning and him being upset with you because he felt that you had taken Peter away from him. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that you didn't really pay attention to, which I was a little bit surprised, is that one picture with a crucifix. So you had all these hints, the, the rosewater flask, yeah. you had your gun, you had your sheaf yeah. of passports, and then a, a picture of a guy over a crucifix. And you're just like kind of ignored it. I found that surprising. What was up with that? So I, that, I forgot about that. So, and I didn't, because I did ask about if I recognized the person. I think right. You did, um, and you did not recognize it because you lacked the ability. So art history, history, or occult studies, which are things you don't have, would tell you who that is. Or you can use your network, which Sam Xes could have told you, which you never met with Sam. Uh, so there's a lot of like other additional information that just didn't come up in the mission and it was fine, right? Like what you missed out on is, yeah. is the crucifix. What would I have learned about the crucifix? Is a permanent fix to your problem. Yeah. The crucifix helps your mind resist the vampire influence. Okay. Huh. And so that was that's one of the permanent fixes. So oh. the story has a bunch of temporary fixes, which are the rosewater flask, and then there's a bunch of permanent fixes, which are the or only one permanent fix, which is the crucifix. Totally missed out on it. Huh. Shit, I didn't... Okay. Yeah, I... I think I remember... I just... I shelved that idea in my mind, and I was like, because I don't know what else to do with it at this point, but... I wonder... Maybe if I called Nurse Halmy, she would have had an answer for me. She probably wouldn't have, but Sam Xyz would have. Yeah, poor nurse. Um, She might be dead at that mm. point. Uh, so at some point you decide like it's time to leave the safe house. You're going to head towards Budapest. Um, and then one of the things I asked you is like, all right, well, how do you want to approach it? Um, and you said, you know, you want to approach with caution. So that meant surveillance. So another another challenge. Um, this is Sam Exes. Um, if you had wanted to uh, to contact him, like it's a big scene, but it's an alternate scene. So one of the things to call out is this is an alternate scene. So you don't necessarily have to do this. It does provide help hmm. though. Sam is a gambling. Drunk. This is the, the Sam X. He's one. Yeah. Uh, he's a gambling yeah. drunk that has the, that really is attracted, attracted to con. And so is a bit of a flirt. And then you can gain oh, him as wow. a contact. Uh, he's able to help you out. Shakespeare girl was also a flirt, but not a contact. Uh, occult knowledge, art history, she might have known. That is a good call. Do, do you guys ship Sam Exes and Aaron or Shakespeare Girl and Aaron? I, I think that, well... Or Nurse Halmy and Aaron. I don't know. Always love options. Uh, the other bit is you could eventually... <laughs> he would put you in contact with Dr. Gilbin. Dr. Gilbin would be able to tell you more about the, the crucifix. Um, so there's a whole, like, side story around right. the crucifix. Uh, only really easily accessible through uh, Sam Exes. So we're gonna That's why that. I, I didn't um, I didn't really come up again. Okay. How to save uh, Hol Dr. Hollier, um, who died uh, to save you, being shot in the van. Uh, but it talks about how to how you could have kept him alive. Yeah. How, One would how have could been I have done that? Leave what, him behind. What did I do? But then he would have had to face Javitzo, 
like one of it would have been more of a proactive approach. If you would have taken a proactive approach with uh, Stankovic, uh, she she wouldn't have had a chance to to basically provoke Dr. Hollier. Dr. Hollier was getting provoked by the fact that he was worried about his missing the other vampire hunters. And so when you weren't really saying anything, you were sitting back and observing, she was subtly provoking him uh, until he finally like yells at her. And you start to see an inside of of why he was working for her, but why he was un- unhappy. Right. So if I took Teslin's advice and just shot, um, what's her name? Uh, Stankovic. Uh, I'm forgetting Stankovic. her name. Or, sorry, Stakovich. Keep calling her Stankovich, but it's, it's Stakovich. Stakovich, yeah. So if I shot her on sight. <laughs> yep. That was one of the options. Uh, there's a cave Man. shootout. Yeah, there's, so this is a major scene. And so one of the things that you have is you have a number of options at your disposal. And a lot of it's me just listening to you tell me your approach. And so if you had a shootout in the church, one of the bad problems is, is that you're going to gain heat because nobody has a shootout in a church without having the police come after you. Yeah. And so that was yeah. one thing that you avoided For by sure. going along with her. And then the two of you not shooting each other, but instead trying to deal with Jovitzo. It did. It did start out as Shadowrun. Sorry, sorry, Daniel. And so this is where you did a bullshit detector on. Twitch Stockovich. tricked me. I thought this was Shadowrun. Uh, so there is a bullshit detector. Stockovich really wants you to believe that she might be lying to herself. So there's a lot of denial. That's what you were able to detect when you used it. And while what she believed was that while you can't be free, you can in fact change masters. So while Javitso is a monstrous brute, you could join. Carlisle, who's a far more powerful and noble vampire. And that was her sort of underlying reason to try to uh. recruit you. Um, there is the other option. Okay. You could have gone with her. Right? Like, that's that was totally something you could have done. What would happen if I did that? Well, Javitzo would have been pissed and he would have attacked the aircraft that you and Stokovic were, were on. Uh, which initiates the endgame scene. Hmm. So there's, there's basically a number of ways to get to the endgame scene. Just like any good choosing on an adventure. One of them is like getting drugged in the beginning that takes you straight to Sinclair's apartment. These are ways to sort of skip big chunks of story. So there's the van crash. Can you imagine if I was just like, yeah, you're right, Stokovich. Yeah, Jafitso is a monster. I bet your Carlisle is much nicer. All right, so there's Sinclair. Uh, he is also MI6, uh, but not nearly as smart or uh, resourceful as Aaron is. So. Uh, you are always the prize of Jibitso. Sinclair was more of, he could get the job done, but he was not nearly as as useful to him as, as you were. So that was the main reason why he was always trying to mm. get you back. Okay. Nice things that they put in here for me I as see. a GM is playing Sinclair. It tells me a lot about his background story and how he acts and why he why he does what he does. And so it, it sort of like actor's notes. So super useful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's definitely a need to know. Sharing yeah. freedom. If if Khan has Edge 6, the Rosewater Flask, and forces Sinclair to drink the elixir, it temporarily blocks Dravitzo's control. Oh, yeah. And Sinclair vomits blood and collapses. There you go. Okay. Well, yeah, that's what I wanted. <laughs> Uh, and he basically kicks you out and tells you. Is there you anything else back. I could have done? Like, could I just killed Sinclair? Um, you could have left him behind. Um, he he. You could have incapacitated him. You could have you could have killed him. 
Um, you could have gone in while Sinclair wasn't okay. there as well. That was another option. So there was like three or four different options. Oh, okay. Yeah. So so Daniel, this is this is Knight's Black Agent, which is uh, the basic premise behind the overall game, and not the one to one. Is where there's a underground vampire uh, conspiracy, um, and that occasionally these these spies will come across it. And so you play a spy uh, who's likely been burned because the the vampire conspiracy is is very powerful, and how you have to go about um, solving the problem or, or basically taking down these vampire conspiracies. In the one to one version, uh, which is really uh, just the GM and the player, uh, it's the same basic premise, but instead of the conspiracy, it's generally uh, laid out like a workflow. It's really the only difference. Oh yeah, so there's three ways to end the conversation. It actually tells me. So when you say like, well, how does this end? Um, one, you give him the flask, or let make him drink it. Two, which is the most likely one, is you shoot him, or he shoots you as you run away. Uh, or three, that you, through good role-playing, yeah. uh, good interpersonal pushes, that you're able to convince Sinclair just to let you go, and that Javitzo can deal with you. So those are really the three options, because you and hmm. Sinclair were friends. Right, right. part we did miss uh, was there were clues in the apartment that Sinclair was in that would point to uh, the friar, who was the one that stole the crucifix for Rostami. So there's all sorts of background threads that give me the ability to know what's going on and, and, and sort of pull yeah. you through the story. So safe house, more safe house. Huh. There's Rostami, and it Franco walks Franco 83, you mean you can run a spy game set post-World War II Italy stopping a ring of communist vampires? Yes. Yes, you can. Um. Um. <laughs> and I like, and, and if you like D6s, and I know you do because you play Shadowrun, um, this is a D6 system as well. So uh, you're just not going to roll 30 dice, so don't. there's no soak. Uh, instead, you're rolling uh, between 1 and 4 D6. All right, so I'm going to scan through this because, for the most part, it's basically the same structure over and over again. There's challenges, there's tests, and there's scenes. And right. so, really, it's just moving through there. The We Could Have Been Sisters is actually the fight with Stokovich if you actually had um, decided to get into a, a fight with her at the airport, which is an option. There's uh, I have a picture oh. of Javitzo on the front of an airplane, uh, basically stopping you from escaping, which is super fun. I could wait. Chavitzo would have ran away, and I could have caught him at the in an airplane. This is you. If you would have went with Stokovic, uh, which uh-huh. she was taking you to an airplane to fly you to London, Chavitzo would have grabbed the aircraft while it was in the air and punched his way into the aircraft. <laughs> what? Because he's kind of pissed. That is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Look at him. So, and then it tells you how it ends. So, based on the problems that you have. So, if you gain enough injury cards, you die. Like, uh, if you lose to Javitso, <laughs> you die. Um, if you yeah. join Stokovic, uh, or let's say you let Stokovic live and Sinclair live, they live on as future problems, which I didn't give them to you because we this was a one-shot. But you would have gained the Stokovic survived problem number 48 which carries over to the next adventure it's a continuity problem 
Okay. So pretty, yeah. pretty interesting way to, to, to have these cards and these cards stick with your care with your character and carry forward. So one of the things we, I would, I checked every time you took a break. So every time you said like, all right, I need some downtime to patch my wounds or I need my, some downtime to reload and, and, and kind of get ready to go again, which you only took one of those. Um, what I would do is I would check right. how many, how, what was your heat? What was your shadow score? What problems did you have? And where were you at? And this is blowback. So anytime you take a break, something bad is going to happen. So you're able to take care of wounds. You're able to, to reload. Like things get better. You get uh, you get dice back that you would spend. Uh, but something bad will happen. That you have to deal with. So in one case, uh, if you're in Budapest, uh, your face appears on the TV, and you see that all of a sudden, like you're wanted by the police. Somebody called you in as a missing person, and then you have to do a cover <laughs> test, or else there's a dragnet after you. So there's there's all of these blowback you have to deal with based on the problems you acquire. Yep, Daniel, that's pretty much what it is. Uh, any well, with one to one, it's always going to be two d six. The way they built it. Uh, so you roll two d six, you add the numbers together. If and it meets pretty crazy. the targets, then it goes up. Uh, you you succeed if you if you get below the target, you gain problems. And here are all my problems cards, and I have a lot of them. So I actually cut and paste all of these out of the the book into uh, roll twenty. So this is a continuity one. This was unfinished business. So if you would have spared Sinclair's life and he didn't drink the rose water, um, he would still be a thrall of the vampire, and he would attempt to hunt you down in the future. Right. Uh, if you're a stab, do you gain an injury? Yeah, I, was, I was just reading like, I was just reading the heat score four, and it looks like you get captured by police. That's imagine. Yeah, they'll come. They'll come drag you in. Bloody carnage. You are. Uh, so. You tell me how you're going to evade them. But and if you're able to ev- evade them, Did then. I just drop out. But no matter what, your life gets worse and worse. Is what Sarah asked. Absolutely. Uh, yep. The big the big thing is is that. Like it's dealing with problems that are fun. It's overcoming problems. Uh, I'm probably one of the weird people that when I play Shadowrun, I love glitching because it's something that I have to overcome. It's some problem that now I have to, f- to face down. And so I just can't, we'll just keep tossing problems at Michael, and uh, either he'll yeah. deal with them or not. And so in in Aaron's case, Aaron is still addicted to vampire blood, right? Like, so yeah, I can see. Wow. All right, so uh, I think that pretty much covers how to run the game. <laughs> you just roll some d6s, you That's have awesome. challenges, and then there's the next mission, which was no grave for traitors. Now, I like the one-on-one games. I think they're really intense. I think they tell a really interesting story. And as a player, the focus is on you all the time, which can be exhausting. But the, the level of storytelling, I think, goes a little bit uh, deeper. No, I agree. It's um, it, it makes the decision making very real. It makes problem solving very intense. I mean, like you know, I wasn't solving like a Rubik's cube, but you you know, I, I had issues of like, do I run? Do I hide? And I, I try not to take my time with these decisions because I want to envision myself in the scenario as it is right there, as if it was happening. So you know, I tr- I try to make those snappy decisions and. A lot of the time, I, I didn't make the right decision, or, or maybe I did, but 
No, you know, I think you made a it decision really that, fun that would Aaron make would make, mistakes. right? Like that was the the big thing there. Aaron was going to make that decision, and and it worked, and it it worked out yeah. because you fought through the problems that came up afterwards. Uh, right. So, this is the Gumshoe One to One is the rule set. There's Knights Black Agent Solo Ops if you like vampires. Um, if you like Cthulhu, Call of Cthulhu, uh, they have Cthulhu Confidential, which is basically uh, if you've ever played the video game La Noir. It's L.A. Noir, but with Cthulhu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of badass. I've played that one, too. It is. Cool. Um, but then you get the speakeasy, like, I think that would be super fun to play uh, again. I have played that once. Hmm. Uh, Sarah would like to see uh, another adventure stream. I, I'm going to keep bugging Michael to run one of these. Um, and to grab maybe Chris <laughs> or, or grab Brianna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um... That'd be interesting. I've only I've only run a few games a number of times, but I always really admire when I see someone who's doing a really good job DMing. It's like, oh man, th- that looks like a lot of fun. This one was <laughs> so so earlier. Uh, Farthy had said like this looks like a lot of prep. Um, now the prep I did was basically to make it look pretty, um, which was to cut out all the cards and put them on screen. But every Monday when we were going to like hey sit down and play a game, all I did was scan like a couple scenes saw what challenges I had, saw what things I could share, and I was ready to go. I didn't have to do, like, a huge amount of prep work uh, just to play games with you. It was fun. Well, thanks for, you know, at least, I, I really appreciate you prepping it and doing all of it for me and, and for the channel. I, I had a ton of fun. I was glad that you were able to do it. I, I knew I tossed it out to three of you and was like, all right, which one's going to take it? Um, but I had a lot of fun. I, I, <laughs> I think this is just a great system. Yeah. Uh, is there any questions from the chat? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, do you guys have any questions? Any? Let's see, let's see what you guys have. Nope, no questions. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, I cool. highly re- recommend taking well, no a look worries, at this. Guys. Um, these are available through Pel- Pelgrane Press. I've been a big fan of that game company for a long time. They they just they run their company right. They they treat their folks really well, and they enable you to tell some pretty fun stories. With that, I'm going to sign off with Michael, and we thank you for watching. And we'll see about doing another one of these in the future. Can we add Pelgrim to our resupport? Thank, page? thank you for tuning in and being a great support, guys. Really appreciate. All right. Yeah. Farewell, and have it's, a. It's, uh, it really has been awesome. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. You've been listening to another fine tale in the Alternia archives. Feel free to leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to our archive. So, until next time, take care of yourself, okay? Goodbye. <laughs>